Good afternoon. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email. My guest today, Jessica Totillo-Coster. Did I get it right? You did. I got it right. Uh, badass e-commerce and email strategy. You got you are a badass right there behind you. So I'm not making. Yeah, that's that. for that's for my clients when we're on calls. To oh, is that them. it? Is that it? Yeah. So tell me about you. Yeah, for sure. So if we go way back, I used to sleep in my new shoes as a little girl. Yeah, yeah. So. so you and yeah, the reason I share that is because that's what led me down the fashion retail path. And, you know, when I was going to school, like Facebook wasn't a thing. Yeah. Instagram wasn't a thing. Ecom was barely a thing. Yeah. So as yeah. I got older and started moving through, I just didn't want to get left behind. I was like, you know, my background's all in brick and mortar retail. I used to own my own boutique and I was like, I really need to get in on this digital thing. Otherwise, I'm going to be in the dust. So I just started. I I can't not know something. So I just started teaching myself a lot of things. And then eventually through work, worked on e-com more and more. And it got to this place where I loved what I did. Didn't love who I did it for. And just really wanted to help you know, the small business who started their product-based business from their kitchen table and they're shipping out of their basement and kind of teaching them everything I learned the hard way mm -hmm. so they didn't have to. That's kind of how I ended up here. Okay. So backtrack down that track a little bit. My experience of folks in retail, particularly people who wear their shoes to bed when they're a kid and, and fashion, <laughs> Uh, was that in the adaptation to e-commerce, there was a very strong, no, 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 I have to be there, fondle them, try them on, see how it fits. There's no way to do this uh, digitally. How'd you get over that? Yeah, well, I didn't. So <laughs> when, one of the things that I teach my clients is how do we recreate the in-person experience on the internet? And if okay. you can do that, you're going to stand out among everyone else trying to sell crap on the interwebs, right? And create an experience like nobody else has had before. I, and a I, lot of that comes through video, going live on social media. You know, there's all these different ways you can do it. But I always approach it as how do I recreate the experience? Not give it up. Gotcha. Um, and I would guess visual content is fairly critical in that equation. Absolutely. Because last time really I checked, the thing. Yeah, last time I checked, I never, I never, in fact, walked into a store, read a description of a pair of shoes and bought them ever. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Good. You sing, you're singing, you're singing my song a little bit there. Um, what's the, what's the balance these days? Let's narrow down to the more, the more, the fashion kind of niche, if you will. What's the balance e-com live retail these days? You know, I don't. I I don't, honestly. And I think it really depends. Look, brick and mortar is never going to go away. I truly Agreed. believe it will never go away. People just love the experience of shopping. It's an afternoon out. It's where I go to hang out with my mom, right? We shop, we have lunch. 
and that sort of thing. So I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think the consumer is more comfortable shopping online. Mm -hmm. And I think those that have some sort of omni-channel option for them is really, you know, the holy grail of it all. Mm. But I think that, you know, e-commerce is going to continue to grow, but I think brick and mortar will too. So I don't really, I don't have a crystal ball there. Anyone merging them particularly well that you know of? I think lots of people are trying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's funny is in all the advances in technology we've had, that creating that seamless experience is still very difficult. So at my previous day job, before I went off on my own, the last project that I was working on was creating the omni-channel experience, right? So they started out with brick and mortar stores. Then we built e-commerce and trying to, one, merge the experience for the customer through things like our rewards program and gift cards and buy online, pick up in store. It still took a ton of custom development. We worked on it for, I mean, I I consulted with them for an entire year after I left because yeah. we still weren't done. Yeah. Um. So I think some of the best that I've experienced as a consumer is Nordstrom is really great at it. Surprised. Yeah. I've had not so great experiences with stores like Best Buy. I mean, I remember going in to pick up a buy online, pick up in store order. And I was like, it would have been faster if I just walked in here off the street and checked out the regular way. So something is broken (laughs) in that system. Um, But I think that things, they're getting easier. We're just not quite there yet. Well, one of the, one of the non-obvious hurdles in marriage of brick and mortar and e-commerce, and you touched on it essentially, is that the brick and mortar has to become fully digital. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go, oh, and they'll walk in and magically the thing they ordered will be no. That means the way you run your brick and mortar operation has to change. The systems have to. There have to be systems to, to to make those things meld up. Like true story to, on myself, just for fun. On early early days of e-commerce, I mean early days of e-commerce, ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, I spent about a year on as a consultant on a project to help what was then the largest bookstore chain in Canada go online. They were petrified that that darn American upstart Amazon (laughs) might move to Canada next. True story. Chapters. So uh, they they were pulling in people all over the all over the you know universe because it wasn't like econ was a widely known skill set. Um, I built a book database. This is a bookstore. I built the book database. Uh, another firm built the um, built the e-commerce platform. In those days, you built e-commerce platforms from more or less scratch in a database. Um, we more or less turned the switch on, and then someone went, "Oh shit, this isn't really connected to our inventory system, is it?" <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Right. So, 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 so it was all hands on deck Christmas morning, packing packages and hoping to God we hadn't run out of 
Harry Potter or whatever the heck they were. Or, yeah. yeah. Right? The thing is, inventory is, even if it is connected, inventory is never right. <clears throat> it's never, I mean, like I said, I've worked in retail 20 plus years. It's never right. Yeah. So yeah. you can't avoid it 100%. Yeah, because you're 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 dealing with the vagaries of the human race, aka shoppers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, what do you think of of moves like I, I brought them up already? Uh, the mighty Amazon beast doing trying to push into just order it if you like it, send it back. Try then buy or whatever it's called. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I mean, yeah. look. So if you in in Zappos early days, those early days, right? They couldn't sell a damn shoe on the internet because everyone needed to try them on. They didn't know how it was going to work out. And then I think it was Tony came in and said, free returns. Mm -hmm. And they were all like, what? What? Oh, my God. So they implement free returns. And then all of a sudden they can sell things online. So all it's doing is it's removing the risk for the consumer. And the main reason we're not going to buy something online is because like what if i don't like it yeah and do you know actually i have a good amount of packages sitting in my laundry room right now of stuff that got shipped that doesn't fit and i still haven't returned it right (laughs) right it's just the human way um but if you can remove that risk for the customer i think ultimately you'll make up whatever you lose you're going to make up tenfold so it doesn't matter and it's the same thing with you know a rebate or a guarantee we know that like 98% of people are never going to redeem that. So it, it's fine. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the, 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 not just free return, but free and easy return, a simple process. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, it's table stakes. Mm-hmm. Like my head would pop off if, if it were, what do you mean I can't return or what do you mean I have to sit on the phone, right? Fairly or unfairly, that's table stakes. It's how it works. A hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, there are times when I've submitted for a return to Amazon and they're like, great, here's your refund. Keep the item. Because yes. you know it's yeah. more expensive yes. to ship, to it, ship back it back and all yeah. of that. And they're just like, it's done. I know the lifetime value of you is yeah. worth way more than this spice that you want. <laughs> so that's why the like 75 pound attachment that I was thinking about putting on my wife's car so she could put her e-bike on the back of a, of an EV that I decided was too much work to install. They were like, fine, take it to the, you know, UPS store. We'll take care <laughs> of the ship. Like, Ooh, ouch. You guys must hate me. They're like, no, we, we like you. We actually know a lot about you and we like you just fine. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's a funny, it's a, it's a funny world. And then the acceleration just must have done all sorts of things to and for your business uh, of the pandemic. So here, what's so funny is, so I, let me, how I started my business was completely by accident. It was when MailChimp and Shopify broke up. Yes. And yeah, it was chaos in the small business community. And I, you know, just hung out in a lot of Facebook groups because I love to be around entrepreneurs. And I knew I was going to have another one of my own businesses. I just didn't know what it was going to be. I figured it'd be a product-based business because that's what I do. But I also have to be passionate about the product. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I have no interest in trying to sell it. So there wasn't anything I wanted to sell. But anyway, so this happens. 
And I just start talking to people about their other options, specifically Clavio. Mm-hmm. And then people start messaging me saying, I'm on Clavio, but I'm struggling or I need to switch. Can you help me? And I was like, well, sure. Get, get a little side gig going. Let's see what happens. And then I was doing that for about 12 months on the side, right? I'm old. Like I have bills. I couldn't just take the leap of faith. I needed to have a nest egg and everything figured out first. And I was getting ready to quit my job. And then COVID happened. And my husband is also an entrepreneur. He does real estate photography. And in those first few weeks of COVID, real estate was shut down. And we're like, I think quit yet. Let's let's see what kind of happens and all that. And Eventually, real estate was deemed, uh, what were they calling it? Uh, Yeah, necessary, vital, something like that. Yeah, whatever it was, was deemed that. So he continued working, and we live in Southern California. So the mass exodus of California was actually really great for his business. Um, But then I continued to work. But it was interesting because my clients, right, their businesses were blowing up. The company I worked we had 25 retail stores shut down our e-com business was blowing up and while everyone else was sitting home bored learning new skills starting new businesses me and my husband were probably the busiest we've ever been in our entire lives but it all worked out in the end um and it was a rapid acceleration of learning about things I already knew, but seeing them in a new light, right? Like marketing. So all of a sudden our messaging strategy and everything had to change because people were stressed out and sensitive and didn't really want to hear jokes. And so it was like, here I am creating all the emails for this business and, oh, I have to approach this completely differently. And you know, seeing some of those smaller companies like, oh, crap, I mostly sell all my stuff at markets and now people are buying from my website. And so it was a crazy, exciting time and I'm glad it's all over. I've said multiple times, we we were far more fortunate than we realized with the, the timing of that particular bug breaking out and shutting down the world because had that happened, Five years earlier, it wouldn't have worked the same. Yeah, we wouldn't have been ready. We wouldn't have been ready, right? I mean, yeah. everybody went, oh, jump on Zoom. There was no Zoom five years <laughs> earlier. I've used every video conferencing platform since God knows when, and they all sucked. And they all cost 15 minutes of tech support every time you had a call with someone, if you could coax them into it. And nobody had a camera, a microphone, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, we had yeah. just started to make it easy. Yeah. We had just kind of gotten to where broadband was something you could expect. We had just this, 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 this. And, and fortunately, enough businesses, you almost said enough businesses had had sort of started saying, well, maybe we need a website. Maybe we need e-commerce. Maybe we could also sell there. <laughs> Snap. Everybody shut the door, stay home. Well, even a, even a few years difference, and that would have been a much bigger undertaking um you know and i know there are businesses that kind of overgrew zoom being one of them 
overgrew <laughs> yes, on yes. the back of that and, you know, pulled their next five years of demand into about a one-year window. Fine, great, whatever. Um, it's rewritten a bunch of things, but we really did plan to get lucky. Now, where I was going with that is one of the things, to my mind, having been around e-com and email for a long time, on the turnkey storefront, the turnkey email marketing platform, the kind of stuff that sounds like you advise clients on, hallelujah, that's a whole lot easier than when we used to build it from stone knives and bearskins, like payment <laughs> gateways and all the other stuff. It was just a complete freaking nightmare, months of expensive consultants. Now you go, click, turn yeah, the key. And you got a store. And you got a store. Oh, yeah. damn, and that's cool. I will say, you know, Shopify did a really great job yes, during that time and just yes. making it even easier for people. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I always tell my clients is you have to have more than one way to sell to people, right? So even the Amazon sellers, hey, if your product was non-essential, that was what it was, essential. Yeah. <laughs> if your product was non-essential, they weren't shipping it. Mm -hmm. Right. So you needed your own website to be able to continue to sell and yeah. do that stuff. So, yeah. you know, there's I think it taught everyone a lot of things about a lot of things. A lot, yeah, yeah. The yeah. tech was clutch for sure. And that, you know, like, uh, yes, it's slightly hard. Yes. Why is it this complicated? You know what? Sit down and figure it out. You can sit down and figure it out. Right. I mean, the, the not the not urban myth is like. Every school district in America was still working on their 10-year plan to go digital, and then they implemented it in two weeks. Guess what? Guess you figured it out, right? Yeah, it, when you're under pressure. When you don't have a choice, especially. I mean, yeah, the sure. small uh, local uh, grocery co-op that my, my wife uh, loves and shops at did a curbside pickup, like, overnight. And it, you know what? It worked. And I think it was... Yeah. One really nice lady holding the damn thing together with rubber bands, <laughs> but she held it together and we could go yeah. with our stupid masks on and park at the curb and get. Yeah. And I, you know, I tell people something similar, like about their employees, because I, I've experienced this many times over spending so many years leading other people and all that. And at my last job, I was they're the longest of most of them. And yeah. I was involved in so many different parts of the business. So I was the go-to. Like, any question, go to yeah. Jessica. She'll yeah, know. She'll... And when we were in the office, it was constant phone calls, knocking on the door, all of that stuff. And I used to remember, like, we would have, I'd be sick, but I had too much work to do. So I'm like, I just can't be there to get everyone else sick. This is pre-COVID but I need to work, right? So I work from home and I'm like, wow, I got an entire day and a half of work done in about four hours because nobody's interrupting me. And so when we went to moving to working from home, I was like, this is great. Like I can do this all day because when people don't have easy access to the answer, they will figure it out. They just need the space to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, which that, that opens that opens a couple of fun segues. I agree with you, but but by contrast, I have mostly what we now call work from home twenty plus years. So when when we first decided to shut the globe down, I was busy working. And I'm like, yeah. 
Why are you guys all so bothered about? Like, this is the same. I know no, it wasn't the same. But for me, it was like another day in the office. Cool. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, some of us were kind of already there. I, and I, and I obviously agree with you about the, uh, the work from home thing. I, I talked to colleagues who are at, you know, agencies, small companies, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I detect more than a little emotion when you say the word slack to them because the figured out yourself gets, gets taken away again when they're, when you're just one flipping slack message. Away, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty disciplined about like, you know what, in the morning, shut up, leave me alone. I'm actually doing stuff. I'm not available. Figure it out. Leave quietly. I'll get to you in the yeah. afternoon. Unless it's burning down. Yeah. Yeah. My attention right now. Yeah. An actual emergency is a pretty rare thing um, in business. I I wonder, this is, this is the segue. I, I wonder whether one of the things that the advent of chatty AI will take off our plates is go like, Go ask Skippy the AI. Don't bother me with this stuff. Well, I'm here's the thing. You don't even need AI for that. Just Google it. Yeah, really. Okay? <laughs> like, and there are, I tend to be a little passive aggressive, which people either love or hate me for. And I'm like, let's Google that answer for you. And then I can send them <laughs> nice. the link up to nice. results, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but hey, AI, I mean, I just had a little chat with ChatGPT the other day about some coding things to see, you know, how does yep. this work? And yep. then I was like, oh, okay, so what you're saying is X. And they said, yes. So use this code to do that. I was like, thanks. I, I have, I'm paying my, I'm paying the 20 bucks a month and I've got a GPT three and four top and bottom window right on the monitor most of the day because it's such a great learning tool yeah i'm stuck i don't really get film blanks hey skippy how the hell does this work i'm like could you type faster you're pissing me off sorry we're capacity oh well yeah yeah like yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a big change doesn't not gonna put as we were talking about before we started not going to put human beings out of the human being business. No, definitely not. I did. I recently did a very deep dive into all of the AI for my own podcast. And I, so I teach people email and people are always asking me for swipe files, right? They want some kind of template. And I never want to give it to them because ultimately we're all overthinking what needs to go in a marketing email and like, just think about what your customer needs to hear and speak to them like a human. So I always resist it, which is also the reason why I resist things like AI, but everyone's asking me about it. And chat GPT is just like blowing up and I'm like, oh, okay, I need to just, let me just make an episode on it. It'll be fine. I will say that by the time I was done researching them and playing around with them, I'm like, hmm, I don't really hate this as much as I thought I was going to. But one, there's a, like a good way to do it and a not so good way to do it. And two, it's never going to replace human. It's a freaking computer. It doesn't understand all the nuance, right? And it's only as good as the information it was given, which is also not always accurate. So 
I think they have a place in content creation and learning and getting answers and all of that good stuff. But I do agree that they're not going to replace humans anytime soon. Yeah. They'll augment, they'll extend, they'll exit, mm-hmm. assist. They, interesting choice of, uh, yeah. interesting choice of <laughs> word there. And the thing that, you know, to your example of being the indispensable longest time person at a company, most of the knowledge that made you indispensable was the knowledge unique to that company. 100%. Right. You so videos I made when I left there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we're at we're at the beginning of a it's interesting time for AI. We're at the at not the beginning. We're part way into the generational retirement wave of 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 the big boomer bulge leaving the workforce with a whole bunch of stuff between their ears, and it's not written down. And there's a lot of companies that are facing a world of hurt when you know Bill and Wilma walk out the door and they're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah, I'm retired. See you. Bye. No problem. <laughs> For sure. So, and you're not going to get that from an AI. Why? Because what makes a most businesses particularly valuable is is inside the company, you know, knowledge and IP and intellectual resources and things like that. And mostly, you know, mostly employees and relationships, probably at the end of the days. Yeah, it's 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 a bit fun watching this kick off and it's fascinating and it's useful, but it's no cause for panic. Right. hundred percent. I agree. And, you know, there's all the jokes and the memes about all the duplicate content and the crappy content we're going to start seeing on the internet. And there's one, I can't remember who created it, but it's a cartoon and it's basically a comment thread about AI and everyone's like, yeah, AI is really great. And the next guy, yeah, AI is really great. And the comment is all exactly the same from everyone. Uh, <laughs> so yes. that'll be fun. Yeah, Edit your fun. AI stuff, guys. Dad, yeah, don't, don't, don't panic. It's only going to be helpful. Um, it's a bit more like when... Someone realized that graphical interface was better than a character interface. It's got it's got that kind of oh, you're making this machine more useful. I'm fine with that, right? Not yeah. oh my god, the world's gonna change completely. Plus, we know where the off switch is last time. I checked. In fact, Chat GPT was down yesterday, day before. It was down for an hour or something like that. I'm sure it was server capacity because everyone on the planet yeah. is still jumping on the bandwagon. And the, that's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> That being said, got got my cheat windows up here, whether it's learning or find another way to say this, because I don't think I'm phrasing it very well. Any of those, like an assistive, assistive tool. Hey, jump back to something you said, because I'm curious about this. You you help you you help entrepreneurs, business folks who are running businesses similar to the kinds that you have created yourself to sort of get up on the step with e-commerce and email, probably Shopify and Clavio especially, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, for sure. what is uh, what is new customer X walking in the door tend to know and then not know about the email side of running a business? Yeah. So, one of the things that I discovered very early on was most small business entrepreneurs who sell physical products. Like, if you're a service based business, I can't help you. But if you sell physical products, that I know. They're not utilizing email to its fullest potential 
at all, which is fine because it keeps me in business, right? I'm here to teach you all day long on the importance of it and get you started. Happy to do that. But that was the biggest thing is they're either not using it, not using it enough, just not sending enough emails or didn't really believe in the power of it. <laughs> and what I find, because most of the people that I work with, right, they created a product to solve their own problem and it turned into this business or it's their hobby and they love it and it's fun and they just want to be around it. But they're not product and retail people. And one of the big things that hangs them up is they're afraid of being salesy and just showing up and asking for the sales. So there's always a little bit of mindset work that goes into that. Like this is a business, not a hobby. You've got to sell. And if you're selling to them, your competitor is selling to them. So let's just get in their inbox more. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so really it's just like the actual doing it and getting in. And then I really like to focus on obviously the automation piece because none of us started our own businesses to create another job, right? We want to make more while doing less. And one of the ways that you do that in e-commerce is through email automation. Make money on autopilot while you sleep. Who doesn't want that? So that's always the first thing. And then just getting people really comfortable with sending emails all of the time, multiple mm -hmm. times a week, mm -hmm. sending more until your people tell you to stop sending them. <laughs> right, right. Is one of the uh, points of resistance to already being there when someone, you know, comes in your door that they're not sure it's going to pay off? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes. It's funny because so many of us, and I do this too, we spend so much time, energy, and effort creating an Instagram post that 3% of our audience is going to see and is going to be gone 24 yeah. hours later, buried in the feed. And we're like, hmm, that didn't really make me any money, but tomorrow I'm going to post again and see if it goes different. Whereas when you send an email, 99% of the time it makes you money. So... I tell people all the time, if you can only do one, yeah. send an e email. Yeah. And just the other day, I was on a call with one of my clients slash students. And she, you know, the Q1, she was kind of stepping away from her business and just taking care of herself. She was like, I just need a break. She sells candles. So most of her business happens in Q4 anyway. But she's like, you know, the other day, like, I was just thinking, I hadn't sent an email in a while. So, like, I sent an email and guess what happened? I was like, what? She's like, I got orders. <laughs> so, it's like, we need this constant reminder that it actually works. And I, I mean, I haven't really figured out like the root cause yet, but working on it. You know, I remember it's more, it's more, Technically available and more common place now, but one of the first businesses that I launched where the website was the face to the world, there was this strange, like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if this is working or not, right? Because you could sit there finding a zillion things to slave away at, but you're not really getting any stimulus. And I found out at that time, it was pretty technologically novel. Uh, Wukra, um, was the first real-time website monitoring. So 
I literally had a map sitting on a monitor here and it would light up when someone from that place was visiting the website. And it wasn't the data out of Woopra, which I routinely ignored. It was more the sense of, oh, like someone's actually freaking there. Someone's looking right. at that or they're going from this page to that page that, you know, it helps you say, okay, you know, stay at it or do the next thing. Why? Because there's actually someone, you know, someone yeah. paying attention to this and, and emails, same thing. It can stay all too invisible and just seem like yet another thing in your to-do list yeah. until you get the actually got orders or someone wrote back or something like that. And, and, uh, friend of mine in the email space, Della Quest, who, who he, he says a lot of smart stuff, but one of the things he said is you're making an impression, even if they don't open it. 100%. They're going to see your name or your company name, and they're going to see the subject line. And even if they delete it, cause they're really busy that day. Dip, yeah. dip. Like it's part of, it's part of just showing up and being part of their life kind it's of a just thing. being top of mind yeah. so that when they're ready to buy, you're the person that they think of, right? Yeah. There's a reason why companies will send you, you know, branded calendar magnets to stick on your fridge, right? <laughs> so you're always thinking about them, even if you don't need their services right now. Yeah. It's just like consumers are inundated with information and they cannot interact and respond to it all the time but that doesn't mean that they don't see you and i i get reminded of this all the time you know being a personal brand or someone who teaches stuff on the internet like i'm just putting out content 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 all the time and sometimes it feels like you're just putting it out into a void yeah. and then that person comes and is like, oh, I've been listening to you, following you, doing this for a year. And I'm like, I've never even seen your name before. Like, you've never engaged with anything. You've never commented. You never messaged me. But there is this person who's been paying attention to literally everything. Literally so everything. they're there, even if they're not clapping. Well, and, and the, the numbers, the numbers really bear out what you just said. Like, it, it, it often feels like, Everybody is in the flipping content creation business because any any digital channel you can name is just fire hose, right? Truthfully, yeah. it's a it's a single digit percentage of people who actually write something, draw something, make something, post something. Like it's it's in the single digits. If yeah. you get off your butt and do it, that includes sending email, by the way. If you get off <laughs> your butt and do it, you're already kind of moving to the head of the class just yeah. by going ahead and, and and doing something and saying something, you, you know. Whether or not that feels like an intimidating move, um, it's 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 worth it's worth that leap. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a funny balance. Back to your Instagram example for just a second, though. Not that I've ever actually posted on Instagram. No interest. I. <laughs> uh, you don't you don't have any ownership of that. You don't have any control of that, no. right? It's an algorithm's going to say, "Here's a few people who are going to see it," and then, as you said, it's going to scroll off. And it's all she wrote. You're done. That's it. It's all just, you know, it's just like if you have a product business, I'll never tell you to build it, build it solely on someone else's platform, right? Mm. If you want to have an Amazon business, because that's what you want to do, and you're Amazon FBA and you're chasing every trending product, that's a whole different model. I, I does not compute for me. But if you have a product that you love, 
and you want to sell on Amazon, cool, but like have your own website too. So that when Amazon decides not to ship your product or they decide to knock you off because it's selling really well, uh, (laughs) right? You still have this backup, but it's the same thing with your marketing channels. Like, I mean, does anyone remember Vine? Well, <laughs> you know, like, th- yeah. I mean, I'm sure all of those creators were able to move over to YouTube or whatever else came up. But I mean, it basically fell off the face of the earth and was yeah. no longer. So uh, to put all your eggs in someone else's basket just doesn't seem like a smart idea to me. Now, I hang out on Instagram because the person I love. be there you know yeah. no that yeah and that that select channel for audience not the other way around yeah 100 percent. right makes makes uh makes perfect sense one of the, one of the one of the multiple reasons that i i hang out in email is i like the fact that it's still sort of free range quasi-democratic like pick your moniker you you still got an astonishing degree of individual control over that channel. And so many of the others, there's a board sitting at the front door, you know, saying, pay up, pal, and uh, you don't really own it. And I might shut it off and all that other stuff. And it's like, bugger that, right? Web, web less so, right? Search is the gatekeeper to the web for better or worse. But at least, you know, Google can't take your website away. They may lower it in the rankings. But they actually can't take it away. They don't actually control that. And an email very much, if you, as long as you behave well <laughs> and the deliverability <laughs> gods don't smack you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so did you have, you must have gone through a pretty fast, uh, learn the platform curve when you jumped into the Clavio, Shopify. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you a story. So <laughs> at my previous day job, so I was the e-com manager and for the first three years, I was the only employee. We had some consultants, but that were, that was just more people telling me what to do. Um, and because I had come from the brick and mortar side, I was still very involved in that side of the business as well. So I was wearing more hats than I could probably fit on my head. And email was a really big one because we were in a restricted industry that could not do social ads. So email was our bread and butter, right? Um, We were on an enterprise platform that had feature requests from like seven years ago, and they just weren't updating it. And they had recently been bought out by someone who then decided to retire it. And we're like, we're not going to support this anymore. So I had no choice but to leave. So I started doing my research and I came across Clavio and it was all ready to go in on Clavio. And then someone, some sales rep from this other company called our CTO and we all got starry eyed at this other enterprise platform that we went with. So this is a couple of months before Black Friday. So we moved to this new platform. We get everything set up. Friday rolls around and my boss is emailing me like, how come I don't see any of our Black Friday emails? I'm like, what? 
So I go, and we had every other Friday off. So I think technically I was like basically on call, but at home, not in the office. So I'm logging in, I'm trying to figure everything out. Our emails didn't freaking send. So Black Friday weekend, I migrated 200,000 subscribers <laughs> and all of our weekend campaign emails to Clavio. It was rough. Yeah. It was definitely rough, but I did it. It helped because I was emailed. Like I knew exactly what I was looking for. I knew the right questions to ask, right? I knew what to Google to get my answer. Um, so I was able to get all of that set up and finished, but um, it, it was very stressful. But I really did fall in love with Clavio after that. And I spent so much time in it and it's just so powerful. And the integration with Shopify, which we were on Shopify Plus after a horrific stint on magento which is a whole other story um you know look some of the biggest brands are on shopify if it's good enough for them it's good enough for you and if you ever scale so big that you're like oh this out of the box thing isn't right for me there's a whole lot of custom stuff you can do as you move up um it's fine <laughs> so just go to shopify oh, I, I uh, I think highly of what Shopify has done to quote myself from a second ago, kind of democratize e-commerce. Like mm -hmm. it's a whole bunch of obstacles that aren't in the way and they, they don't tell you what to do and they don't say, hey, we'll charge you more than we'll charge him because you're making more. So, look, it's like buying a hammer, right? You're going to pay for a hammer and then what you, what you build with it on you after that. Yeah, totally. You know, it's the cool. only thing I would say is it's also made it because the, the barrier to entry is so low. Every yeah. Joe Schmo, right, yeah. can have an e-commerce site. And so it does create some not so great experiences on the Internet. And for someone who is super serious about it. Your competition is not just the person who sells what you sell, right? It's literally everything else in that person's life and every poor experience they've ever had with another business, which there's more of those, I feel like. Um, I do think that part of that came from you know, the boom of drop shipping a couple of years ago. Everyone's like, oh, I just started Shopify. Like Shopify is just a platform. That's all it is. There was like this misnomer about what Shopify was. Um, I think some of that's falling off. Hopefully, so the people who are in it are really like in it to build great businesses, customer centric, and all that good stuff. So, well, yeah, you, it does not do the swinging of the hammer for you. Right, mm -hmm. you can sign up and you can you know pull out your visa and plug it in there and say I've got a subscription for this. Guess what? Now the work starts. Right. You're going to have to make decisions. You're going to have to write copy. You're going to have to resize pictures. You're going to have to watch if it's working and change it and all that other stuff. And like, doesn't do, doesn't do that. And that's why I don't have an e-commerce business because I'm not passionate about anything right now enough to make me want to do all that work. It is. And it never stops, right? No. I mean, even a simple website, it's like, it never stops. It's never complete. 
No, it's never. It's, everything is a work in progress. And I know you had Chloe on the show recently, yeah, right? right? Uh, her mantra: keep optimizing. <laughs> yeah, because that's all you're ever doing, always and forever. Always. Yeah, and yeah. forever. It's a it's a uh, it's a process. It's not a product. Your your website, your store, etc. Yeah, which which is probably true of your email list as well. Well, where does someone hit you down if they go, dang, she knows what she's talking about. I want I want some help. <laughs> Ecommercebadassery.com. Ecommercebadassery. All the places, yes. Did you did you have any, I love it. This is, it's kind of the way I talk too, but did you have any hesitation about hanging badassery on the end or were you like, domain available, that's me? So this was actually my second business name. Okay. And the first one was the business badass. I was always going to have some sort of badass in it because I I also have quite the potty mouth, you know, and all that stuff. Um, that's just who I am. And if that offends you, you probably don't want to work or learn from me anyway. So it's like, <laughs> uh, but what happened was people kept, you know, for me, it was about the person I work with becoming the business badass. And then everybody thought I was referring to myself as the business badass. So I was like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I need to change this. This. That's weird. I mean, I'm not that cool, right? Yes. So then I just like brainstormed and brainstormed and brainstormed and it came to me and I was like, it's the one. I just knew it. But yeah, no hesitation. It's funny too, because my in my podcast intro, there's some expletives and it just sort of happened naturally and I left it. And I remember my mom saying like, oh, it sounds really good, but, and I was like, well, you're not my customer and it's fine. And I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> There's, I, can... I didn't think I'd ever get to meld these two live and on camera, but there's a, there's an email newsletter that I'm a big fan of, Stratechery, written by a name, Ben Thompson. Leave that aside. There's another guy named Ben Thompson who wrote a book called Badass, which my wife somewhat innocently brought home for our relatively young boys. Like, oh, it's got great stories from history. Not realizing it was sort of Conan meets a frat boy version of history. Uh, Quite good, by the way. Like, really quite. Probably a more fun way to learn it. Oh, much more fun. My, my, My sense of like some extraordinary grasp on history because Ben Thompson made it really fun with the kind of language you expect with a title like badass and we actually got to hear him yeah. got to hear him speak uh, at the local local bookstore and and he was like yeah i couldn't do any of this without without google book search you know like find obscure guy from you know viking period x and i could go find the one book you know that was parked yeah. in the harvard library and read up on him and stuff but so yeah so there are there are badasses out there in your club i'm glad to see you flying that flag <laughs> yeah i mean look this is for anyone right if you are creating a brand on the internet like just be you it's repel the people that are not the right fit for you or your product the right people will find you and you know like what is such a cliche but why blend in when you want <laughs> to stand out there so, you go and people love it you know they work with me because of it not in spite of it so yeah the ones who are, don't like it can go find you know someone, someone else yeah it's got a, yeah. They got a world of choice out 100%. there well so so someone who enjoyed this 
enjoy this episode, whether video or audio, can go hunt Jessica down at ecommercebadassery.com. Jessica, it was a <laughs> delight speaking with you. Thanks for making the time. You too. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I hope everyone had fun listening. <laughs>